Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled The Cities of the Statue, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, in our episode, The Cities of the Statue, Part 1, we learned Nebuchadnezzar has a disturbing dream. It is a portion of that dream we looked at as it professes a very long time period, the end of which is still very much open. There are five aspects which make up the total time period. Again, the end of that time period is still open and unfulfilled to any certainty or even to any large degree. That is, despite all the new items that fulfill Bible prophecy toward the true end of God's people on this earth. Yes, some prophecy has come to pass, but barely enough to, for certain, point the way. The common market, thought to be of Bible prophecy, came and grew much bigger than prophecy used in that context. So, what is it that will come? Chances are, we will never see the answer to that question here in this life. In this episode, we will look further into the statue and see what the silver shows. The fine gold head tells us it is a symbol of a lion. It is the Chaldean dynasty in Medo-Persia, with King Nebuchadnezzar II as emperor. This making what we know today as the Babylonian Empire from 605 BC to 539 BC approximately. Recorded time frames vary with most regarded sources. We have chosen ours based on what we presently believe to be reasonably solid sourcing. We need to remember this. The wise men replied to the king, There is no man on earth who is able to disclose the king's secret, for no king, regardless of his position and power, has ever requested such a thing from any magician, astrologer, or wise man. What the king is asking is too difficult, and no one exists who can disclose it to the king, except for the gods, but they don't live among mortals. Daniel chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. Remember, verse 10 opens with, There is no man on earth who is able to disclose the king's secret. It goes on to say, no magician, no astrologer, or wise man. Verse 11 makes this worse as it also states, no one exists who can disclose it to the king except 
for the gods, but they don't live among mortals. So now what? The gods do not live among the mortals and seem to be very busy with, lowercase, god stuff. Then it happens in verse 12. Because of this, the king got furiously angry and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel chapter 2, verse 12. That is a quick and dirty summary of where we are this week. We pick up our next subject from the following passage. You, O king, were watching as a great statue, one of impressive size and extraordinary brightness, was standing before you. Its appearance caused alarm. As for that statue, its head was of fine gold. Its chest and arms were of silver. Its belly and thighs were of bronze. Its legs were of iron. Its feet were partly of iron and partly of clay. You were watching as a stone was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its iron and clay feet, breaking them in pieces. Then the iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold were broken in pieces without distinction and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors that the wind carries away. Not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the statue became a large mountain that filled the entire earth. This was the dream. Now we will set forth before the king its interpretation. Daniel chapter 2 verses 31 through 36. Last week, we started our examination here. We started to dig for answers. We will continue that this week and the next three to see what this passage is telling us. Last week, we saw the meaning of the head of gold. We are now in the chest and arms of silver, the bear known as the Achaemenid Empire. King Cyrus the Great of Medo-Persia in the empire from 1539 B.C. to 331 B.C. Quoting, His breast and his arms of silver, its two arms including its hands and its breast, to which they were joined, were of silver, a metal of less value than gold designing the monarchy of the Medes and Persians, which are the two arms and which centered in Cyrus, who was by his father a Persian, by his mother a Mede, and upon whom, after his uncle's death, the whole monarchy devolved. From the new John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. Isn't it amazing how this empire died, almost consistently with the death of the uncle? Of this kingdom, it is said, You, O king, are the king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you the kingdom, the power, and the strength, and the honor, and wherever the sons of men, the animals of the field, and the birds of the sky dwell, he, capital H, 
He has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. And in your place shall arise another kingdom lower than yours. Daniel chapter 2, verses 37 through 39. Here in verse 39, Daniel is referring to the kingdom of silver. He moves on to the next as well as continuing. However, we are presently focused on the silver, which is where we stop reading this week. Notice what further commentary has for us. The dream and its interpretation. Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream a great metallic image, which was terrible to look upon, but a statue and, as is manifest from the following description, a statue in human form. Quoting, the world power is in all its phases one. Therefore, all these phases are united in the vision in one image. End quote. The appearance of the colossal image was terrible, not only on account of its greatness and its metallic splendor, but because it represented the world power of fearful import to the people of God. From Kyle and Delich Bible Commentary on the Old Testament. Nebuchadnezzar saw two impressive things among many more. However, here there are two things we should take note of given their great importance. The foremost is the fact this was indeed a human form statue. However, here is the first and probably the most stunning statement of this image. It is the fact the statue is actually different world powers at different times. However, the entire statue is always a world power. As commentary states, quote, the world power is in all its phases one. Therefore, all these phases are united in the vision in one image. End quote. This is a huge comment on this passage and the statue seen by Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar saw much more than a simple statue of different metals and clay. This commentary passage further states the appearance of the colossal image was terrible, not only on account of its greatness and its metallic splendor, but also it represented the world power of fearful import to the people of God. Wow! What a statement! This is why knowing the four known elements of the statue is important. 
It is also why knowing the fifth element is extremely crucial to all men and women of God today. If you do not know and reasonably understand the four elements that came before the one we are in now, then the one we are in now is not even relevant to you, even if you are a sold-out man or woman of God. To fully understand future Bible prophecy, one needs to understand Bible prophecy that precedes it, for it all cleanly and tightly flows into the future. If we do not understand prophecy that precedes today's prophecy, we are destined to misinterpret today's prophecy. This dream prophecy is one of the major prophecies of the Old Testament that will help us understand better today's prophecies as they come into reality. Without diving into it, the coronavirus is an end times prophecy coming to pass. I suggest you look into where such a disease might occur, even as a partial fulfillment of prophetic Bible text. However, I am digressing. Back to the text. We see further down the text in Daniel, it says, And in your place shall arise another kingdom lower than yours, and another third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule in all the earth. Daniel chapter 2, verse 39. This kingdom lower than yours is the silver kingdom which is to come next after Nebuchadnezzar's golden kingdom. Remember, as an aside, gold and then silver were used in financial settings as well as in economies both of nations and as it formed in what became the world economy of today where it may seem that things are growing apart, off in different directions, they are not. In fact, as the statue signifies, things are growing together and not apart, contrary to what our limited vision suggests. That Medo-Persia is the second kingdom, inferior, the kings of Persia were the worst race of men that ever governed an empire. Predilics. Politically, which is the main point of view here, the power of the central government in which the nobles shared with the king being weakened by the growing independence of the provinces was inferior to that of Nebuchadnezzar whose sole word was law throughout his empire. From Jameson Fawcett Brown Commentary and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. Given the lesser quality of the second kingdom, the silver kingdom, it is hard to imagine that there are three more to come that are even worse Still, commentary has more for us to understand. Nebuchadnezzar derived his authority from God, 
not from men, nor as responsible to men. But the Persian king was so far dependent on others that he could not deliver Daniel from the princes. See Daniel chapter 6, verses 14 through 15. Contrast Daniel chapter 5, verse 18 through 19. As to Nebuchadnezzar's power from God, whom he would he slew, and whom he would he kept alive. From Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, BibleStudyNotes.com Meaning, the Persians, who were not inferior in dignity, power, or riches, but were worse with regard to ambition, cruelty, and every type of vice, showing that the world would grow worse and worse until it was restored by Christ. Note also that this, those of the Macedonians, will be of brass, not alluding to the hardness of it, but to the vileness with regard to silver. From Geneva Study Bible. From verse 32, commentary reads, This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass. By gold, silver, brass, and iron are meant the Chaldean, Persian, Macedonian, and Roman kingdoms, which would successfully rule all the world until Christ, who was here called the stone, himself comes and destroys the last. And this was to assure the Jews that their affliction would not end with the empire of the Chaldeans, but that they should patiently await the coming of the Messiah who would be at the end of this fourth monarchy. Our modern-day history would indicate that the Roman Empire, which we associate here, is dead and gone. Is it? Let's see. From history.com, quote, The Babylonians occupied Jerusalem in 586 B.C., destroyed the temple, and sent the Jews into exile. About 50 years after that, the Persian king Cyrus allowed Jews to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Alexander the Great took control of Jerusalem in 332 BC. Over the next several hundred years, the city was conquered and ruled by different groups, including the Romans, Persians, Arabs, Fatimids, Seljuk Turks, Crusaders, Egyptians, Mamelukes, and Islamists. From History of Jerusalem, History.com. Quoting, The Roman Empire was the post-Republican period of ancient Rome. As a polity, it included large territorial holdings around the Mediterranean Sea in Europe, North Africa, and West Asia 
ruled by emperors. From the accession of Caesar Augustus to the military anarchy of the 3rd century, it was a principate with Italy as metropole of the provinces and its city of Rome as sole capital. 27 BC to 286 AD. Although fragmented briefly during the military crisis, the empire was forcibly reassembled, then ruled by military emperors who shared rule over the Western Roman Empire, based in Milan and later in Ravenna, and over the Eastern Roman Empire, based in Nicomedia and later in Constantinople. Rome remained the nominal capital of both parts until 476 A.D., when it sent the imperial insignia to Constantinople. Byzantium, ancient Greek, Byzantium, following the capture of Ravenna by the barbarians of Odexer and the subsequent deposition of Romulus Augustus. The fall of the Western Roman Empire to Germanic kings, along with the Hellenization of the Eastern Roman Empire into the Byzantine Empire, conventionally marks the end of ancient Rome and the beginning of the Middle Ages. With the fall of Ravenna to the Germanic Herulians and deposition of Romulus Augustulus in 476 AD, by Odysseus, the Western Roman Empire finally collapsed. The Eastern Roman Emperor Zeno formally abolished it in 480 AD. Nonetheless, some states in the territory of the former Western Roman Empire would later claim to have inherited the supreme power of the emperors of Rome, most notably the Holy Roman Empire. The Eastern Roman Empire, identified by modern historians under the name of the Byzantine Empire, survived for another millennium until the empire's last remains collapsed when Constantinople fell to the Ottoman Turks of Sultan Mehmed II in 1000. 453. Due to the Roman Empire's vast extent and long endurance, the institutions and culture of Rome had a profound and lasting influence on the development of language, religion, art, architecture, philosophy, law, and forms of government in the territory it governed and far beyond. The latter language of the Romans evolved into the Romanic languages of the medieval and modern world, while medieval Greek became the language of the Eastern Roman Empire. The empire's adoption of Christianity led to the formation of medieval Christendom. Greek and Roman art had a profound impact on the Italian Renaissance. Rome's architectural tradition 
served as the basis for Romanesque, Renaissance, and neoclassical architecture and also had a strong influence on Islamic architecture. The corpus of Roman law has its descendants in many legal systems of the world today, such as the Napoleonic Code, while Rome's republican institutions have left an enduring legacy influencing the Italian city-states republics of the medieval period as well as the early United States and other modern democratic republics. From Wikipedia, Roman Empire. So, as scripture alludes to or even says more directly, the Roman Empire is not really gone. Its original state has fallen, but has not died. It is merely morphing with the times until its ability to rule and reign the world again comes to pass. Looking at present-day politics and only the New Testament, one can think the Roman Empire is fully collapsed. It is not. It is lurking in the background, waiting for the time to be right for it to re-emerge as a global, political force and power. Next week, we will examine the third of five elements of the statue of the Old Testament. Our series is titled, The Cities of the Statue. Play or download next week's episode titled, The Cities of the Statue, Part 3, from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow! This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting here for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop-compliant website. It is a subdomain hosted at site123.com. That is S-I-T-E 
123.com. Our site link is unchurched.site123.me. This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our platforms under the podcast menu item. This year, we have decided to go with making Pinecast our primary host as we move away from Podomatic. For more information, listen to our year-end update for 2019. Until then, we will continue to post our podcast on our current primary host found at this short link is.gd forward slash uppercase i k lowercase l uppercase y x lowercase s our rss feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms please use the search phrase church of the un churched to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. Note, please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore post all episodes on our backup host, www.podcasts.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcast.com or go to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.